to us. Fires, touchdown Miami. Waddle snuck into the end zone of Miami. Boy, tight throw, tight window. They had to get that touchdown on that play. They get it. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, it is day 14, two weeks into camp now, and we have another report for you guys. We heard from head coach Mike McDaniel, we heard from QB1, Tua Tungavailoa, Raheem Mostert, Jerome Baker was up there today, Rob Hunt, plenty of media to get to as well as another day of practice notes, my favorite thing to do every day out here. From the Baptist Health Studios inside the Baptist Health Training Complex, this is the Drive Time Podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins. Jumping right in it today, Coach was asked before practice about the Penguin, Jalen Waddell, who was out on the practice field but not participating today or yesterday, and we've detailed what his former coaches and teammates have said about the way he competes, right? Well, Coach McDaniel got himself a glimpse of that this week when finding out about the ailment that's keeping Waddle on the sidelines these last couple of days. Let's go to Coach. That was that was fun. It was it was a cool process with Jalen. You learn more about your players all the time. There's um, something that you know that I don't really need to get into, but that he could have practiced with um, with our uh, elite medical staff um, having history with stuff. Uh, we were trying to be pre- preventative. Um, he wanted to practice. We, we disallowed it um, to try to try to be in front of something. Um, but he, I, I expect him to practice here again in training camp. Um, we'll take it day by day, but we're just trying to, you know, sometimes you have to protect people from themselves. Um, and that's a, that's a great problem to have, especially with an elite talent like that. An elite talent like that, you say? That pairs very well with a guy that is pushing to get on the practice field and wants to play, and you heard from Coach there, sometimes you have to protect guys from themselves. It just speaks to Jalen's competitive nature on top of the fact that Coach Waddle, Waddle, talks about his talent as being elite. I really enjoyed Coach's dry sarcasm when a follow-up question was asked about quick twitch guys and soft tissue stuff. I mean, we know that firsthand down here, don't got to be quick twitch to have soft tissue injuries, and how... The receivers coach, the position coach there, was so fast twitch and explosive that he can relate. And the room didn't really get it, I don't think, because Wes Welker's game was not quickness and explosion. Or it was in the slot, but it wasn't like he was Waddle and Tyreek in that regard. But he was so dang good at everything else that it looked that way. And a quick aside, did you guys see the mic'd up with Wes that we posted to social? I am such a big fan of what he brings to that wide receiver's room. Everybody I talk to, from someone like Joe Rose to the great O.J. McDuffie, they all talk about the impact on that room having Wes in there. What's next? Uh, the voice I wanted to hear more than anybody else on yesterday's practice, and in particular, quarterback one to Otunga Vailoa. Here's Mike McDaniel on how his quarterback performed on day 13 and the overall thought behind it. Um, no, there, there, yesterday was a classic example of the conflict at least for me emotionally as a head coach, because, you know, and I was uh, very clear with this with the team, I was very pumped with how um, the offense and in particular 
Tua came out in practice, and I let it known early and often to the defense that, you know, I didn't think that they were performing to the standard. I think it was probably the most successful red zone period that we've had, um, certainly being here, um, uh, offensively versus the defense. But um, what, after uh, kind of, you know, bringing that to the defense's attention, uh, we got into some situational periods, and, man, did they answer the bell. Um, and in those periods, we turned the ball over way too much, which was a great learning lesson for Tua. We hadn't been in a couple of those situations yet, um, and so we got to talk about it and learn from it. So overall, um, you know, I had half the practice that I was pumped at the offense, half the practice that I was pumped at the defense, simultaneously being mad at the other side of the ball. So um, all of which, uh, you know, is – is either a blip on the radar or something that is some of the best stuff that can happen to you. So um, especially in the practice field, you try to have players put themselves in scenarios as close to a game as possible and let it rip and and play what they see, and then you reevaluate it um, and or you coach them up on it, and then the next day you want to see um, improvement and the next time we're in those situations in practice, I want to see improvement in games. I'm expecting improvement with the offense, and hopefully the defense is able to um, reproduce that same produ- production against an opponent. But it, it was a – yeah, it's almost like it makes you – as a head coach, you just feel completely bipolar at times. You're like, I'm happy and I'm sad. Yeah, I mean, there you go. The full scope of it, right? Not just one part of practice. The part of practice is going to get – the most engagement, I suppose. And one thing that I run into a lot, you know, with, with this podcast and the reviews and the comments, and I understand that every job you have in this industry, in this space is going to be met with some criticism. And I'm, I'm more than welcoming to that fact, but I just, I don't understand why we can't like have the full scope of it, the way coach described right there. And you know, I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, certain throws weren't good. Certain decisions weren't good. We had two picks today, and one of them I thought was a, a really bad one. And that's going to happen sometimes. You're going to have, you know, guys that get paid on the other side of the football to make plays as well. And so for Coach to go over the, the idea of it's not good to turn the football over in those situational periods, but that's what they were. And, again, we covered that in depth in the podcast yesterday. But you don't get the full scope of that, and, you know, I'm not going to come out here and just tell you Tua was great no matter what happens. I, I try to provide context and, and process behind my thinking, and I would hope I've earned the benefit of the doubt with that stuff with you know, diligently working to increase my knowledge of this game with coaching clinics, with books, with watching hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of tape. I hope that's the case, but... You know, that's, that's how it is, and uh, just I thought Coach would do a better job of describing that than I ever could, and certainly he did that. Let's go ahead and go. We'll get more from Tua on this episode coming up, but next I want to go ahead and go to how what situation would cause you to be happy simultaneously with both sides of the ball. That's how practice works, right? You can't win on offense and defense, although there are instances where you can. Coach was asked about that, and once again, Kawa, C-A-W-A, Coach's answer was great. Thanks for that. Shorthand, Noah. When effort, intent, um, assignment, and technique are good, which does happen, um, that generally it's it's somebody wins a down. Um, I really like the periods that within the period are back and forth. 
that's when I'm simultaneously happy because, you know, you're, you're going – every play doesn't work on both sides of the ball ever. So when, you know, going through that process of saying, wow, that was a seven-yard run play we just gave up as a defense, it's second and three. Okay, now it's a, a two-yard loss. Now it's third and five. And then you have a perfectly executed um, defensive structure versus an offensive structure, and maybe the offense, um, maybe Tua throws a perfect throw, and, and it's a very contested but um, good completion. Or it's a, it's a perfect throw and um, a DB makes a great play. That's, those are my favorite periods within the team because you're not, you don't want to see um, complete domination by either side. So it, it is a, it, it's an interesting, um, what, you know, when, when you've practiced together for about a month and then you have all the OTAs and stuff, um, you, you're, you're looking for parity um, because our team needs both sides of the ball to be um, as good as they can be. The bottom line is no one's going to give a crap about who won certain days of practice. If you come out on game days on Sundays and you beat up an, op- an opposition on both sides of the football because then it just tells you, well, this was two good units in offense and defense going at each other. And hopefully, that's the idea, right? Hopefully, that's what we get. We had a question here for Coach, and I loved it, from Safed Dean, asking about from the time you got here six months ago to now, what is something you like about how this team has grown since you got here? And Coach gave us this whole dissertation about the impact of your message and your voice and your volume. Like, I'll relate to this personally. I'm the fun dad with my daughter, right? Like, I come home and we play and we wrestle and she climbs on my back and I carry her around like a, a big old grizzly bear riding around the all fours in the living room. And then, you know, mom comes in and disciplines and, and gets, you know, <laughs> make sure she's eating her dinner and all that stuff. And I get to be the fun one. So when it's time for me to turn that dial and be serious, maybe with a two-year-old, it's tough because she'll be like, yeah, right, dad, good, good joke. But I think at a certain point, that'll start to have a bigger impact because once dad becomes serious, it's time to listen up because we know that he means business. Here's coach talking about using your inflection, your voice, and the return that he's gotten when he's had to do that to create urgency. I'm going to stop talking because he explains it fully, but I just can't love this enough. Coach's answer was great. Kawa. One of my favorite parts is that like, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty positive guy. And I like to bring energy, um, but there's been opportunities that I've had along the way to kind of like point out and nip in the butt that that is not good enough. Whatever that is on either side of the ball or special teams or anywhere that I've really applied that pressure, like 100% of the time people have responded. And I think that that is the life you live, that is the life of everyone, that is football. Um, the nuts and bolts of it is, is really handling all the noise, um, being able to accept constructive stuff, and then getting better from it. So um, that's my favorite part. I'm, ha- I'm, I'm pretty happy with where we're at for um, approaching the second preseason game. I'm pretty happy. Uh, and, and that, will I be happy during the season? Well, 
you know, that's contingent upon what happens now. You could have the greatest um, uh, off-season and beginning of training camp in the history of football, and if you shut it down for a couple weeks, all of that's meaningless. So um, they're, I, I feel very confident uh, they're earning my confidence um, be, by the way they respond. So I, I'm happy uh, really about where we're at and where we're going, feeling confident that we'll take the right steps um, to be ready to play um, New England week one. Being constructive with your yelling opposed to you know a reaction, which is frustration, and then taking that out as a reflection of your own feelings about something opposed to the actual thought process of constructively coaching a player to get better. Because if you're just yelling because that's how you blow off steam, not very useful, right? But when you use it to your advantage to say, hey, we got to get this going, we got to get this shit correct, that's when it really, really kind of strikes a chord. Coach was also asked about how often you have to yell and does he like to use that process of yelling? Let's just go to Coach right here. I mean, I try not to major in it. Uh, it's kind of philosophically. Um, like, I, I don't enjoy yelling, but you have to do what you have to do to let them know exactly the urgency of the moment. But I've always philosophically thought that, like, if you pick and choose those moments, then that state that you don't really like to be in, um, it is purposeful, you know? Um, I, I just know from my personal experience, um, at some point in time, if you're just yelled at consistently all the time, then the yelling sounds like normal talking. And that's not the idea of it. Um, I think it's important to, uh, to build relationships and try to develop players as players and people and uh, but they they also need to know the urgency. It's my job to let them know the urgency. So if it's um, I, I, I won't hesitate, nor have I hesitated. You could ask some of the players. I, I will I will um, have a temper from time to time. Um, but I think they they understand because I, I value earning that um, uh, earning trust. And I don't I don't think that. I'm owed or entitled to anything. I think on a daily basis, I have to um, really earn uh, their investment. I think that they see where that's coming from, not as misguided emotion, but more as um, tangible, direct, uh, uh, I don't know, convicted um, emotion that is all geared towards them being their best. I just love that, that the emotion is geared towards them being their best. That's what I'm talking about, right? Like you're not just doing it to make yourself feel better. And God knows I sure know about that. Again, I, I talked about it earlier about not sleeping, or it's in the script coming up, about not sleeping because my daughter is just not sleeping right now. And my frustrations with that certainly hit a certain point, but it's not instructive to her to yell at her because she doesn't know any better. It's helping me vent my frustrations. So being more relaxed with the situation and being constructive in the way I do it is has been more beneficial so those are my parenting you know relations to what coach is talking about but I'm, I just I'm trying to I'm trying to identify as close as I possibly can because I just love that messaging and 
the intent of it all is so well-intentioned. I, 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 lo- I couldn't love it more. Coach was also asked about what he's most excited about for his Hard Rock Stadium debut. And again, the joke, the aqua seats, he said. And as someone who is constantly searching for a joke in every interaction I have, that one got a belly laugh out of me. He did go on to say something that I found... Well, once again, just awesome. He referenced the fan base when he first got here, right? And now that he's been here for six months, today he talked about more about that, I should say, and mentioned how the AFC East was one of two divisions he's never coached in before in his 17 years. Can you guess the other? Time's up. Over. Blau. It's the NFC North. But his checklist, AFC North with Cleveland... Uh, AFC South with Houston, AFC West with Denver, NFC East with Washington, Oregon, NFC South with Atlanta, and obviously the NFC West with San Fran. All of that is to say that he said he's most excited about the connection between a fan base that really supports and is invested into the team and a team that really wants to do right by the fan base. He also referenced seeing the fans at practice and the feedback he's gotten. He knows there's going to be a ton of energy across the street over there at Hard Rock Stadium, and he's right. Then he was asked about if we might have an announcement, and he, he played with us there again, saying there's a player's birthday tomorrow, I believe. His wife went to the grocery store, which is exciting because he's a big-time snack guy, as I continue to aggressively nod my head in agreement, looking down at a cup of coffee and two Chips Ahoy wrappers, but his answer was the same as it's been. He's not going to shortchange the process by making decisions before every practice has happened. And we still had today's practice and tomorrow's. Another fun presser there from Coach. Another chance for us on the other side of the podium to get smarter, just as today's practice was another chance to get better. We'll talk about that next on the Drive Time Podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by AutoNation. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Segment two on a Wednesday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. Check out our Twitter Spaces show tonight at 8 o'clock. Me, Seth, and Juice going to break down some Dolphins practice and hear from you guys as well. Let's go ahead and get into the practice notes today. And I'm not sure if it's the fact that we hit, you know, day 14, a.k.a. the two-week mark worth of practice days. And it's obviously longer than that because we've had days off in between a game on Saturday. You get the picture. Or if it's the fact that these clear days with extreme temperatures are draining. Or if it's the fact that, aforementioned, Caroline is still not recovered from her interrupted sleep schedule during the summer. Probably a combination of all that. Mostly, though, I would say sleeping four to five hours a night. But today, for me, had a real dog days feel, man. I'm dragging today. I'll be honest with you guys. Transparency. That's what we do here, right? But taking on the message of measuring your love for your teammates, that's you guys in this instance, by how you perform on days where you don't got it, that's the message today. So I'm bringing my best stuff on maybe a B day, not an A day, plus perspective, right, Travis? Your job is to watch football. Buck up, son. And now we've reached the talking to myself slash pep talk to myself portion of the show. Let's go ahead and stop that nonsense and get into the practice notes. I had the pleasure of watching practice today with the great Joe Rose. We both noted separately... A good deal of juice and energy from the players today. And on one instance, the quarterbacks went from the goal line where they're doing one drill out to midfield where they met the running backs for another drill. 
and Tua hit it on a full sprint. All the quarterbacks ran down there. The running backs ran down there too, but Tua sprinted down there, and they had those mats on the ground that are a simulation of where each gap is. Like you'll have a color for your center, your guards, your tackles, then the yellow parts are the gaps kind of for your aiming point and your launch point and your, you know, where the running back wants to press for this quarterback running back exchange drill, handoffs. Uh, Tua ran past that mat like a finish line and did that sprinter's finish where you kind of throw your arms out and reach your head forward over the line. I just thought that was a microcosm of the team bringing their energy today, as we heard from Coach after he got on them a little bit on Tuesday. Durham Smythe in the orange jersey, and I'm giving this playlist the best one of camp. We had Outcast, some Jaw Rule, some Big Pun, some Mac Miller, some Foo Fighters. There was some more rock and roll on the list that I just can't remember right now, but big, 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 big fan of that playlist. We got some one-on-ones today. I thought Rob Hunt looked super solid in the pass rush slash offensive line drills. Was impressed by some of Ben Stills' work on the other side, and I thought Elijah Campbell really showed his stuff in coverage drills. He was not giving an inch, matching up on guys like Mike Gesicki, Durham Smythe, things of that nature. Let's go position by position for the team periods here. At quarterback, I thought it was an up-and-down day for QB1, but now you've heard about two interceptions. One was really good play from Javon Holland, the key to jump the quarterback, read the eyes, jump a throw over the middle, and took it back the other way for a touchdown. I'd love to see the film on that because no one's going to be able to give you a breakdown of what actually happened without the film, but we did hear from Tua on it. We'll get to that in the third segment. The other was a contested ball opportunity to Durham Smythe down in the red zone where Javon Holland climbs the ladder and makes that play. It's just kind of what you expect from number eight. But otherwise, thought Tua was sharp. The day opened with another chunk gain to Tyreek Hill. That seems to be how every single practice starts down here. He had Tyreek for two more ha- uh, two more big plays, I should say, in that chunk middle part of the field type of completions. And the beautiful part is that when they come, or these plays that they get, they come on routes of all shapes and sizes, like vertical stems, back to the quarterback, in-breaking routes, glances, not like whatever it is. They find a way to have success. Tua had three touchdowns by my count, but frankly, gold jacket, green jacket, I don't care about practice stats. Nothing means less to me. I thought today was one of Teddy's best days. His timing, anticipation, and location was on point. He had a far a far hash throw to Tyreek 15 yards down the field, like a, a deep out, where he got it out there right on Tyreek's 10, the, the number on his jersey. Jesus, Travis, get through it. Uh, right out of the break, and Tyreek runs through it, taps the toes, a money throw. He also had a really nice layered throw across his body on the move to Mike Gesicki over one defender under another. I thought Skylar Thompson was a bit scattershot today, but he also had some nice rips as well. The running backs got things going, and I continue to marvel at the work that Chase Edmonds continues to put in. Man, his ability to get skinny but keep the wheels rolling on these tiny little creases, I seriously cannot wait to see him get touches in games. Like, he was a guy that came onto the scene with the Cardinals, like under the radar, had a big preseason as a rookie, and just continued to flash big playability all four years there. And now I think we're seeing someone super comfortable with his skill set, how to maximize his abilities, his abilities and blocks within the scheme on a given play. And I think he's going to do what Deuce Staley was trying to get out of DeAndre Swift and Hard Knocks last night. Like, go get every yard, go get every inch. That's the way he runs the football. He had a big run. Uh, Michelle had a big run to the outside. Uh, uh, Savon Ahmed and Miles Gaskin both were sprung to the second level at various stages. Good day for the running game. So Quandre White had a route on Channing Tindall. And I don't think there's a, run- a linebacker on this roster who changes directions better than Channing Tindall. But Saquandre White got some separation that really stood out to me in that route period. 
Good day from the backs. Mike Gesicki had another good day. Caught a bunch of balls. Hunter Long had a catch on a tight window throw from Tua late in the day. And then Tyreek is Tyreek, man. You know what to expect, and he delivers every single day. The way he comes off the stem and makes that first break, but then within that first step off the break can change directions again for a second break, I just don't know how you cover that, and apparently the rest of the league does either because, you know, nobody has more yards from scrimmage than Tyreek since 2017, his first full year as a starter. Cedric Wilson, such a stud, man. His size, strong hands, concentration, concentration, ability to get vertical, I like it all. I like that. He had two plays today that I thought showed his feel for the position. On one, he goes to the ground as Teddy is trying to throw the ball to him. In the, as he's going to the ground, he reaches up and makes this catch with a defender all over him, by the way. Then there's an in-breaking route where he doesn't just flatten down the line. He angles it back to the quarterback. And if you want to earn trust for your quarterback, do that time and time again. He does. Uh, Sherfield had some plays. Bowden caught an absolute strike from Tua on a quick hitter where his man got caught in the traffic, got caught in the wash, in the trash. And I think Lynn scores from about 50 yards out on that. Braylon Sanders had a whole bunch of catches today and continues to show that smooth body control that allows him to battle for balls and adjust in flight. I thought Rob Hunt was really good today. Rolls his hips, moves guys in the running game, active feet and hands in the pass pro game. I had a good look at some Jackson Ogba matchups. And boy, that was a fun fight to watch. I noted that Jackson had a couple of good stalemates where he just held his his ground against Ogba, but also a couple instances where Emmanuel's length and strength on that push-pull technique, grab him, push him, pull him back into you, and it just allows him to control the rep. Like Nobody in the league at that position, I think, incorporates that move better for my money. Emmanuel was deconstructing blocks like that all day today and did it for a long time in this league. It's great work for anybody on the other side of the offensive line that gets to see that in practice. I thought Connor Williams was very good in the one-on-ones. I thought Kellen Deesh had a really good practice both in the run game and passing game. Back to the D-line. Christian Wilkins' quickness, man. In the way that Ogba's length is such a valuable tool for this offensive line to go up against, Like always, he got in a few times, but one of my favorite reps of the day was him shooting a gap, and then Liam Eichenberg recognizes it and comes over and helps, finds extra work, and he gets a last-second block on Christian right before he gets to Chase Edmonds, and that block sprung Chase for a big run. Andrew Van Ginkle had some good rush work today. Ben Still continues to flash to me with his strength, and Cameron Good had, by my count, three sacks. He's been one of the guys that has had a steady arrow up camp all training camp long. You love to see that. He's getting more and more productive each day. And then finally in the secondary, I mean, Javon Holland, the two picks, he has three this week, but the best play was a pass breakup on a ball from Tyreek to Tua. Tyreek had six. He's open downfield, but here comes eight from Randy Orton out of nowhere, flying over like Raiden in Mortal Kombat, that specialty finishing move, the Hayuken, and he slaps the football away. He was absolutely fired up after that, and you could hear his victorious battle cry, the let's go from the top row of the grandstands. Elijah Campbell is a guy that continues to get on the radar. He was on the radar for special teams work last year, flashed in camp, had a big preseason debut this year, and then I thought was fantastic today. He's quickly becoming a top guy for me to watch these next couple of exhibitions game, number tw- exhibition games, number 22. Uh, Elijah Hamilton had a great pick where he took the ball out of the receiver's hand and ran it back the other way too. Got a little bit of a look at Mackenzie Alexander today. Thought he moved well. He spent some time getting instruction from coaches, so I'm excited to watch him progress get the system down and start to play fast and that's it and that's all another practice tomorrow game Saturday Eagles in town next week but before any of that let's finish up with player media availability that's next here on the drive time podcast your host Travis Wingfield brought to you by Auto Nation.
Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Back in on a Wednesday edition of the Drive Time Podcast. We heard from a bunch of guys today. I want to play sound from Tua, Raheem Moster, and Rob Hunt. Let's go ahead and start with QB1 on how he felt today's practice went. Yeah, I think everyone got better from yesterday. Uh, yesterday kind of seemed one-sided in the first half, if you will, with the first two team periods. And then I would say, you know, the defense started to pick up their, uh, their morale and you know they brought it yesterday as well. I think today was was a really good back and forth, with uh, offense making plays and then the defense making plays and then continuing to go back back and forth with that. Let's hear from Tua on Mike McDaniel's, yeah, I guess, animated speech to the team yesterday. It was a, a big talking point, a big storyline. Here's Tua talking about coach and showing some of that urgency and aggressiveness to try to manufacture or cultivate the urgency out of his players. Here's Tua. Yeah, I think it's good to see that side of him. We, ne- we never get to see that side of him. I think it's good to see that side of every person that you know people think is too nice or they're too chill or too mellow uh, because really you, you understand the competitor in them. You understand that uh, they mean business. And for, for me and for the guys, uh, you know, when we hear uh, Mike raise his voice, you know, we, we got nothing but respect. Uh, because that's not something that that he does. So when he does do it, you know, it's that much more meaningful. How about that young safety, Javon Holland? How much more difficult does he make your job, or should I say, how much more does he prepare you for what you might see from the best safeties in the NFL? Here's Tua on good-looking second-year safety, Javon Holland. Really good. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he's made tremendous plays. Um, You know, for for me, trying to read off my read keys, um, you know, he's made – tremendous plays and not just today but throughout the entire camp um, and you know the plays that he's made is only getting me better only getting our route distribution better and our timing better offensively so you know props to, to JH. When he said really good that's how we reacted to Javon's performance today me Marcel Soffit and Joe Rose watched practice today and we were just who we are blown away let's go to Raheem Mostert who was asked the same question about coach McDaniel and his reaction after practice Raheem obviously knows coach from his time in San Francisco here's the Dolphins running back as a team it wasn't particularly our standard um especially you know uh you know like he said on in the meeting he told us that you know when the defense gets scored on a lot in the red zone that affects everybody as a team so um and we all took it personal um and as you can see Today was just a, a, an example of how to overcome those things like we did what happened yesterday. And that's why he was a little bit more animated today because he saw the, 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 type of, the type of practice he wanted um, moving forward. And, you know, we, we, have, a, we have a standard uh, for this team, and that's to, to win first and foremost. But uh, we want to come out here each and every day and try to, you know, be 1%. So that was the big thing. Have you seen that side of him before? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that side of him before. Um, you know, it's something new to you guys, but this is familiar to me. So uh, just to see him be the way he is and ex- exude that energy towards everybody else, especially for the team, is, is truly something special. 
Let's go ahead and finish up with Big Rob Hunt, who was asked about coach's reaction post-practice today. Here's the Dolphins' offensive lineman. A combination of us being making plays of offense and defense that kind of had them fired up and um, excited, I guess. Uh, you know, maybe yesterday wasn't our um, greatest, but, you know, today we came out with fine away, so it's just getting better each day. All right, let's call it a podcast right there. You can find all these media availabilities, including Jerome Baker. I know we had Robert Jones today. I think I'm missing somebody else. But check out the YouTube channel for those media avails. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. All helps the podcast out. Five stars or one star. I don't really care. Just go ahead and get in there. Give us that review. I don't ask for much. I do ask for that. Thank you to all you guys that have listened, though, and gotten us in the top 200 on the uh, Chartable podcast app, the sports podcast genre, top 200, all training camp long. Couldn't do it without you guys. We appreciate that. And of course, my bosses like that a lot too. So thank you for that. Uh, also, follow me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. Follow the team at Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice, the Kevin Carter episode up right now. We got spaces tonight at 8 o'clock. I'll record that for you. So if you miss it, go to my Twitter timeline at Wingfield NFL. You can find it there. Check out the YouTube channel for the media veils, Dolphins Today, Drive Time, and Fish Tank content. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. I have 14 written notebooks. Some of my good stuff up there. Go check it out. MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. Caroline, daddy.